short. Listen, I'm parked in front of that restaurant. Now, as soon as this race is over, we've got to go to the yeah, airport. Yeah, I'll be there. All right, all right. All right. You ready, boys? Yeah, Mr. Bivolacqua. All right, this is the way it's going to work. You take your marks. I say, ready, on your mark, get set, and then fire. You got it? Yes, Mr. Mr. Bivolacqua. <laughs> ready! Hi, this is Carolyn Busby, and I'm a big-ass runner from the great state of Wisconsin, home to Brandy Old Fashions, Deep Fried Cheese Curds, and the Ice Age Trail. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner Podcast, where we entertain and encourage trail runners from all over the world. Now here's your host, Jeff Harrell. Well, Carolyn, thank you so much for that excellent introduction. I love Wisconsin. I was able to travel there quite a bit when I worked for Dr. Pepper. I had a product called Sundrop, which is very popular in that area. Went visited some Sundrop bottlers, got to stop at the cheese farms on the side of the road and experienced the greatness of the cheese curd. We call it squeaky cheese. Did not know about the brandy old fashioned. That's amazing. So thank you so much for that excellent introduction. Well, my name is Jeff Harrell. This is the Big Ass Runner Trail Running Podcast, episode number 108. We've got an amazing show planned for you today. In segment one, one of our friends, a friend of the show, she's amazing and has so much wisdom. We're going to talk to her about some of the things she's learning. We're going to talk about comparison. We're going to talk about some of the lessons that she just recently learned in a very difficult mountain race that she had and how she applied those lessons learned to her latest 50K or 50 mile camp for which it's a great conversation. She's an amazing person. You're going to love that. That's segment one. And then in segment two, back by popular demand, we have Jeff, I was wondering. It is a powerful edition of Jeff, I was wondering. So you do not want to miss that. But first, two quick things. One is you know, our partners are amazing around here and myaderm.com. Myaderm is the best CBD products that there are. I use them on a daily basis for aches and pains and also to help me sleep. Myaderm.com. And if you go to myaderm.com and if you use the code BIGRUN, you get 20% off myaderm.com. Highly, highly recommend that if you're interested in CBD products and the aches and pains of trail running, myderm.com. And then number two, it is that time of year where kids are going back to school. Either they already have or they will be in the next couple of weeks. Could be that your college kids are, are headed back to college or maybe you're dropping your kid off to college for the first time. We're taking our youngest to college and that's that's going to be tough. Or perhaps your kids are just going back into high school, middle school, elementary, or maybe like Kelly, you're, you're going to hear in a little bit, she's taking her youngest to kindergarten. There are a lot of emotions. And one of the things that we love to do here at the Big S Runner is encourage. So I just wanted to say a word of encouragement to you parents out there who are going through the emotions. Sometimes it's happiness. Sometimes it's sadness. Sometimes it's happy and sad all at the same time, but just wanted to 
give a word of encouragement to your parents out there. You're doing a great job. Your kids are probably ready and hang in there. It's going to be good. It's going to be okay. And especially for you parents who are, are taking one for the first time or dropping a kid off to college, it can be tough. So hang in there. It's going to be great. They're going to thrive. You're going to do well. They're going to do well. Just wanted to give you a big encouragement and a big hang in there. Well, with that, let's get going on episode 108 of The Big Ass Runner. Well, now joining us on the Big Ass Runner Hotline is Kelly Black. Kelly, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Jeff. Super excited to be here. Well, we are excited as well. Love having you on the show. And I want to refer people back to episode number 86. We had Kelly on. She did an Inside the Herd segment. So I highly, highly, highly recommend you go back to episode 86 and listen to that. And Kelly, I just want to, you know, we talked a lot in that episode about a lot of things going on in your life, and we've got a lot of great things to talk about in this segment, but I want to start first with just getting a life update. How, how has the summer been going for you? Yeah, you know, it's, it has been a really uh, nice summer. It's our, our first summer in our, in our new home, our forever home, if you will. So we've been doing lots of outside projects and such, you know, working on growing grass, which I never thought would be so fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> doing those types of things, home ownership, and that's been really fun. We've had some races that we've um, done over the summer so far, which has been great. And then, you know, I've shared a bit of our story as far as our adoption journey on episode 86. And unfortunately, I, I don't have any major updates to share there. We did get a chance to get a, a birthday, a late delayed birthday package over to China in June to celebrate Judah's sixth birthday. But unfortunately, there's still no updates as far as when he will um, be home or when we'll be able to travel. So we're still still waiting. Still in a waiting period. Yeah. And, and you know, we talked about that last time. I know the waiting is difficult, but we know we know God's timing is perfect. So, you know, if we we are eagerly anticipating when he's ready to to reveal that to us. I'm sure you guys are as well. Absolutely, I could see it in the future. Now we'll have to do like a whole big ass runner podcast from China, and we'll, now everyone will know that, that Judah's on his way home. Judah's on his way home. We can't wait for that day. You mentioned growing grass. It, it hits a little bit close to home here in in Texas because you, you're probably aware. And now I'm not sure what kind of temperatures you guys have been having up in Minnesota, but we have been sweltering hot and my grass is brown we can't keep it alive <laughs> we're on water restrictions we we can't keep our grass alive and we've had we actually had rain two days ago but that was the first in fact we, a lot of us didn't know what it was it was coming out of the sky like what is this stuff falling down <laughs> on us it's been so dry here so so yeah that the whole growing grass thing hasn't been going so well here in texas <laughs> 
we're, we try to make time in our schedule to make sure we can get out and get it mowed before it gets, you know, up to our knees and length. So a little bit different problem on this side. Definitely a different problem. Well, I want to dive into a couple of things. You you made a post, I think it was last week, based on when you actually listen to this podcast episode, you may not, it wouldn't, wouldn't be last week, but you made a post recently, Kelly, about a race that you had done. And I want to hear about that race, but I also want to talk a little bit about you know some of the things you had on that post. So give us an update on what, what the race was and, and how it went. Yeah, you bet. So the, the race that I did it was really fun because it's a it's a hometown race for me. It's called the 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 Voyager uh, fifty mile uh, trail ultra, and it's it's literally like in our backyard. So it it runs on many of the trails that I I train on, and that my family and I we hike on and spend quite a bit of time. So this was my fourth year running this fifty mile race, and they had some you know changes in course and such, but um, I. Was going into it knowing what to expect, pretty much. I'm familiar with the trails. Um, it's always a hot race for Minnesota temperatures, anyway. Being in the in the middle of July, but going into this race, I had just come off of a mountain race that I had done out in Sandpoint, Idaho. So since since I was last on the podcast, I was just finishing up the Black Canyon race out in Arizona. And then since then, I did race the Wolf uh, 52K out in, uh, that was in June. And that one ended up being extremely hard. Like it was a new level of hard for me. And not the distance, because I, I mean, I've done a hundred miler, but I went to a space mentally <laughs> during that mountain race that I had never gone to before. Mm. And I think what I had went through during that race really prepared me for Voyager this year. Even though I had done it before, I placed in the top 10 in my age category for Voyager. I, I passed some of my guy friends on the trail <laughs> finished before them. And, you know, there was some, I cut like two hours off of my time the previous year. And so there was a lot of really great things that came together, but it definitely was what was going on in between my ears within my head that made the race so great. And take us back to that mountain course where you said you, you did, you were challenged mentally. What was it? Was it new elevations that you hadn't dealt with before? Was it your, your body doing things you weren't, you hadn't expected? <laughs> what, what was it that kind of caused that? Yeah. So I, you know, running in Minnesota, I, so I was joking, a, a mountain mile and a Minnesota mile are very different, are two very different mm-hmm. things. So we don't, we don't have a ton of, you know, mountainous areas here in Minnesota. And so being out in, in Idaho, there's a lot more climbing, but there was a, a good section of the course that was two and a half miles straight up a mountain. And there was no you know, clear path of this is the path of the trail that you take up the hill. It was kind of like, okay, you go this way, figure out how to get to the top. And mentally, not being familiar with the course, never being out there before, you never knew when you were going to break, when you were going to meet, you know, hit the peak. And the way the course was, you got kind of to the top and then those that were doing the shorter distance would turn and go a different direction. But the distance I was doing, you would keep going straight up and you'd go up further up to the peak. And at that point, we started to hit snow. So mind you, we're it's the middle of June and now we're, we're like running through snow. And I remember in my head, like I, I, I'm not one to, you know, 
cost much or whatever, but I would say in my head, it was not like a family friendly reel that was going on in my head. <laughs> this wasn't PG-13 was, anymore. Was, no, not anymore. And it was like, what is this? And I, and it's like physically, I felt okay for, you know, for the most part. There was probably, I was probably a little bit behind in my nutrition, but it was totally a new mental space, a new level of hard that I hadn't experienced before. And there was a couple times where I thought like, okay, the hardest part is done. Like we're good. Like I can handle this the rest of the time. And then we'd come to a different section that I was not expecting. And I was like, WTF, what is this? (laughs) And during that race, I because of how it worked out with some time cutoffs and this and that, I ended up actually meeting up with uh, two of my friends who were also running the course that and didn't end up going up to the the final peak that I did. So then I ended up, you know, coming up alongside them, aside them again. And I re- found myself in this place like I was just crabby, like I was like mad. There was stuff going on in my head, and I had to out loud say to my friends like, "I don't know what's wrong, but I'm really." crabby right now and it's not at you so please don't take it personally because I'm like I don't know what this is and 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 it wasn't this was not my a race it wasn't that I wasn't making a time that I had hoped for or anything like that I was enjoying the scenery and it was a beautiful day but it was something that was pushing against some things that were uncomfortable in my mental space and it wasn't until after I mean I finished the race it was great we had a good time that I really took some time to process what that was and all of what that was served me so well this last couple of weekends at the Voyager and so I'd be happy to share more about that yeah I was gonna say did, did, were you like. able to identify so you said you're able to identify if you're willing to share I would love to to know what those things were and by the way good on good on you for communicating with your friends where you were in that moment. Cause I think a lot of us will get crabby, but we don't want to explain why or, or that we are and, and take it out on, you know, and people take it the wrong way or personally. So good on you for explaining that. Yeah. And you know, I, I think sometimes too, we feel a certain way and we may be frustrated because we don't know what we feel. And I think I've run into that too. And that's what a lot of that was of like, I don't know what, what I'm experiencing here, but I know it, it doesn't feel good and it's coming out in ways that, um, may not be great for those around me <laughs> so, yep. um, creating that awareness. But yeah. So as far as what it was, I think, like I mentioned, I, I was hitting a new level of hard that I think in my, my mental space, I was questioning, can I do this? I, you know, thinking about it, I've been, I've been doing endurance running for about a little over 10 years now and more in the ultra space for about five years. And having you know having done a number of races and have you know meeting my 100 mile goal it's you kind of get more comfortable in a space of you get comfortable with hard and so it's harder to find i think a new level of hard once you've gotten you know to that space and for me anyway and so hitting that new level of hard it was it was a good humbling space for me to be to realize i have more space and opportunities where i can grow as, as a runner and as a person and could share some of my other personal goals outside of running, but I, I have made the decision to pursue my PhD. Oh, wow. Which is really That's exciting. It's exciting and terrifying yeah, at the same time. Of course. Cause we, we talk about, you know, what are those narratives? What are the things that are running through your mind? You know, the, the soundtrack that you play and um, something that I've, I've really struggled with. I'm being vulnerable here as far as from a young 
time as a kid, I've always struggled with the idea that I'm dumb or that I'm mm. stupid. Wow. And it's hard to admit that because it's, it's uncomfortable. But to, to believe that I'm, I'm not, but those are things that I was told at, at a young age and as a child to have to kind of fight through my life to tell myself something different, to pursue an education or d- degree, which is kind of one, one of the top degrees you can get. Yeah, you can't <laughs> like, go much farther. I, <laughs> can't go much farther. I, I tell my kids I'm going back to school and, you know, my, my kids are in elementary and they're trying to wrap their head around. Well, did you not finish a grade or what does that mean? Like, are you going to be a senior? You know, like trying to explain to them what that means. I feel um, like I feel like a Ph.D. is the is the 250 miler of ultra running. It's like that's about you, you've gone about as far as you can go. As challenging as you can go in terms of your your academia, I suppose. Yeah, and it's really the it's been something I've been rolling around in the back of my head for for a year or so. But it really like through that race and through a couple other events in my life was kind of that threshold for me of to jump in and say, yeah, I'm I'm going to do it. The program that I'm studying or that I'm going to be starting this fall is advanced studies in human behavior. And I think the human experience is so fascinating to me. And I think that we're, we're capable, we're far more capable than we think we are, that we give ourselves credit for. And one of the questions for, for work, I was jumping on a meeting the other day and we were starting with some introductions. And one of the questions was, you know, what, what, what superpower, you know, are you bringing to today's meeting? You know, what kind of energy are you bringing with you? And I'd been thinking about, you know, my personal goals and, you know, through running and other things. And the superpower that I showed up with that day was endurance. Mm. And I think about how, how powerful that is in our, you know, in our personal lives, professional lives about what we can with endurance of what we can bring and contribute to the world. So what we think about and what we, what we tell ourselves is extremely important, not only for ourselves, but for those that are around us. I love it. And I want, and I want to dive into and ask you questions about the PhD program in, in human behavior, but I want to go back for just a second on that mountain race. Cause one, one thing I am really interested in is the Enneagram. And I don't know if you've kind of jumped into that or not, but I think kind of understanding, you know, Enneagram, there's, there's nine different ones. I'm a seven, which means I don't necessarily love dealing with my feelings and emotions. I like to have fun. So I think for me, what that means in these races is, when I'm, as long as I'm having fun, things are going well. And in, when things aren't as fun, I have to understand that I need to endure through them, like you just said, the endurance thing, and that they'll get better on the other side. That's kind of what helps a seven go, hey, I know this is hard now, but it's going to get better on the other side. I took my boys to, to New York a few months ago, and it was the worst uh, travel experience. We were flying and one thing after another, like we would get on the plane and they stop the plane and say, oh, we can't take off because of this. Like, oh, that's bad. But it's going to get better on the other side. And, and like seven different bad things happened in a row. I'm like, okay, this is challenging for a seven. <laughs> I like my travel experience. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. To Black Canyon. Exactly. But you were so positive. Like, okay. So, I mean, I think my point is, I think if we can understand kind of how we're built, how, you know, how our, how our makeup is, it can help us deal with these situations. Cause again, for me, it was like, I need to be having fun and I'm not having fun right now. I'm not sure when that's going to happen, but I need to push through this because there is going to be at some point that, you know, the, the fact that we're going to land in New York at some point, it's going to happen. 
And, and so I just wonder, do you know enough about yourself that when you were going through these things in this mountain race, you were able to say, yes, endurance is what I need at this point because I know I, I can push through it. Yeah, exactly. And what, and thinking about what's on the other side, that unknown, I think is uh, you know, part of our human nature is that unknown part can be the scary part. Because sometimes you're in situations and you know exactly what's going to be on the other side. You know, rough travel, all of that. We know we're going to eventually make it to our destination or whatever it might be. But in situations, whether it's a run or some, you know, life situations, you may not know what's on that other side. And I think that sometimes we have to, you know, play it through, of think through you know, what what's the worst thing that could happen or what what really is it that's holding us back in that space. And you mentioned one of the posts that I had made earlier this week, and it talked a lot about fear and that, that fear is really that internal weight in the gym of our minds. And that if we run away from our fears and our, our mind then be, starts to become a little fragile, but if we run towards our fears and your mind becomes stronger and a lot of that's from long run uh, living an author of the mindful running, but one of the examples that made me think of it's really served me in, in my life and in my running is as I've come alongside my sister who's started to run longer distances. I think she's just seen how much fun I've been having. and was like, <laughs> I want to get in on that. But I, I had given her a call the other weekend when she was out for one of her longer runs and we live a couple hours apart. So the way we've run together is, you know, individually on the phone while we're running and she, we have a race coming up in September and she's like, you know, I, I don't know if I can do the longer distance. Maybe I should do the shorter distance. And I said, oh no, we've, we've already signed up for the longer distance and I know you can do it. And she's like, I, you know, just terrified of this longer distance. And I said, well, why don't you just try? And she's like, well, what if I don't finish? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, that well what if you don't like nothing changes <laughs> but i was like but if you don't even try then how do you know i was like if you just run the shorter distance because you know that you can do it you're not going to see what you could have done if you don't at least try and so it's been really encouraging for myself to be able to come alongside her to see some of those things that i've had to work through and maybe haven't realized that I've come on the other side of them until I've had those conversations with her, which also is a good reminder that when we're, when we're going after our goals, whether it's in running or within our life, that we can't forget that we have so much that we can give back, whether it's our experience or the encouragement that we can lend to others along the way. And I think that gives us just as much feel to move forward. It most of the time costs us nothing except for maybe a little time and some words. But I saw that when I was out at the race, of the wolves as well, we were coming down in the finish and there was this gal in tears, just like struggling by herself. And I, I had my friends run, you know, ahead and I hung back with her and I asked her if she wanted someone to, you know, to stick with her. She's like, no, no, I'm fine. And so I started asking her a few questions, you know, is this your first ultra? Yes, it is. It's, you know, she started then kind of talking and I just said, you know, you, I didn't know her at all. I was like, you, you signed up for this race for some reason. And I said, I know it seems hard now and that you're struggling and you, you're crying. I said, but you, I said, you're going to finish. You, you keep focusing on why you started this 
And I said, you'll be crying at the finish, but for a whole different reason. And mm. it's going to, you're going to make yourself so, so proud. And it like, and I was just kind of like, whatever, kind of, you know, easy jogging and didn't, didn't have any fire left in me. It was like, whatever, we're going to finish it. But after I got talking with her, like, and she wanted me to go, you know, that kind of thing. So I, I let her do her and I got her name and I said, I'm going to see you at the finish. And so then I took off and then I just like, I don't know, turbo speed something. I really took off. And, um, and then was, you know, hanging out at the finish and was able to, you know, cheer her on coming in. But I, I think that's so important for us to remember that, you know, the things that we, that we work through or that we make it through, that we have strength that we can lend to others who may be not as far along in the process. Yeah. I love that, Kelly. And I think that's one of the things I I really enjoy about the trail running community is this, it is a community. It's, it's like, you're not out you are out there to run your race, but you're also out there to encourage others along the way. And so I, I love that. There's a couple of, you mentioned your, the post that you made. There's a couple of things I want to, I want to dig into. The first thing you said was in this post, it's not about finding a new you. It's about letting more of the real you surface running strips away internal resistance. And I think I, I want to dive into this because I, I feel like, and we've talked about this on the show before, that comparison can be the thief of joy. I think that's true for life. If you're comparing yourself to someone else's, you know, office and in, in your office building or car they drive or what, you know, whatever it is, or in trail running, it could be how fast they run versus you or what shape they're in or what races they've done or whatever, whatever it may be. I feel like comparison to someone else will, will steal your joy. It's really about, trying to make, you know, trying to improve yourself. Like, did you get a PR today? Maybe that's what your goal was. Maybe it's not, but but about, you know, getting better as the real you and not as trying to get better so that you can be like someone else. Talk to us a little bit more about that. Yeah. And that's, that's so true, Jeff. I mean, every time, you know, comparison, you know, thief of joy, it will steal that joy every time without a doubt. And I think that's, why it's so important, you know, when we, when we set goals for ourselves, that we, that we know the reason behind them. Why are we setting that goal? Why is it important to us? And if it's not, you know, for us, why are we doing it? So that purpose is really clear when we're out there. Most of my life, I've never really felt like I, you know, belong, you know, in one place or another. It was always something where I felt like I, you know, didn't have this or that or this or experience or didn't grow up this way or whatever it might be. And I feel like through my own running journey, I've really come to a space where I belong to myself and it's such a freeing place to be. And I've, I've watched as, you know, as I've run that I, I don't always, you know, in the, in the shorter distances and such, you know, show up, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be, you know, winning the races or getting these awesome times or anything like that. But the longer that I'm out there, the longer races that I do, I hit my stride and it's, it's so fun. I think that's why I love the longer ultras because that's where I see who I am and mm. feel more confident of, of who I am because, you know, when, when you're running long endurance races, you really have to know yourself. You have to be in tune with yourself and you have to, you have to give yourself what you need physically from a nutrition standpoint. You need to listen to the parts, you know, physically of your body, but you also, you have to be comfortable in your mind. Like you have to, 
have like life-giving conversations with yourself. And I think about Voyager this year and it was like, I had a good time being with who I am. Like the thing, the conversations I was having in my head, you know, filled with gratitude, like mm. super thankful for, you know, the, the things that my body was able to do, you know, the being kind to myself. And I don't think it's just women. I think it's, um, you know, it's all people, but from, you know, even a body image standpoint, like, you know, I'm starting to feel a little bit older and, you know, my, my hair is getting pretty gray and, you know, I've, I've birthed a couple of kids and it's just like my body isn't what it used to be, but I'm, I'm so thankful for my body and I'm so thankful for what it does for me on a daily basis. And so just coming from a space of, of gratitude and being so grateful to be able to be out there and along the trail, you know, all the people that I've gotten to know and thankful for the, the friendships and, and then even what was really special about Voyager is that because it's close to home, my, my kiddos and my husband and everyone were out there and it just feeling so supported and being okay to take up space and take up that time that, and have to feel bad about, you know, taking people's time away from anything, but people wanted to come out and support me. And so it's, you have to be in a space where you can see because you can't run an ultra by yourself. I'm a firm believer that ultra running is a team sport. If you no want to have fun and do it right, no <laughs> you doubt. need other people. Absolutely. Yeah. We talked on episode 107 and you've mentioned, you referred to this a couple of times about one of the reasons we don't hit our goals is we overthink. We we have these negative or broken soundtracks. And you mentioned the one your sister had was, I can't go that far. I can't run that far. And we have to replace them with new soundtracks. Yes, you can. You know, I can run that far. It may take me longer, but I can do it. And so I wonder if you've, and you mentioned a few of them, have you struggled with those negative soundtracks and, and, and then we, how did you then replace them with this new soundtrack that said, you know, these, these positive ones that said, yes, I can do it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I feel like I've struggled most of my life, like with those, absolutely with those soundtracks. And I, and I think I've shared a little bit about this on previous episodes, but as far as like my DNF, the races that I, you know, got pulled from the course or did not finish, you know, the, you know, make it to the, the time cutoff, like, those experiences have served me so much more than any of my finishes ever have because it's not, you know, the, the transformation and the things that really help us move forward. It's not always the, the goal achieved, but it's, it's, well, how do you show up when you didn't achieve your goal? And what do you tell yourself then? Are you kind to yourself? Yeah. Do you beat yourself up? You know, and, I very much have a mantra in my head that when I'm running, it's always, you know, you finish what you start. And, you know, what is, what does that look like when you're told you can't move forward? <laughs> when like, sorry, you, you missed the cutoff. You can't keep running. Um, there actually was a race where I, you know, not defiantly, but I was like, well, you know, I understand I didn't make your cutoff, but I feel great. And, you know, I can keep running, you know, they take my bib and I finish anyway. So there, there's those <laughs> situations. That's usually not the case. But, um, okay, you didn't, you know, you didn't finish a race. Are you going to keep going after the goal? Are you going to keep showing up? And, you know, just last weekend, actually, we had our local like fun days 5k and it was one that I had told my older daughter that I would do with her this year. And she's, she's seven and she was so sweet after my 50 miler. She's like, no mom, are you going to be rested up? Because I want to run fast. 
Like she, <laughs> she had goals. And so she, she wanted to place um, the, in her top for her age group. And so I was like, okay, you know, this is your race. I'm going to help you, you know, as however I can. And we ran, we ran this race and, you know, she's, she's only seven. And so she's, she had a lot of that mental struggle stuff. And, you know, then just with the lack of experience of running where she would burst out really fast and then, you know, burn out and then walk and then kind of get upset. And so I was, I was emotionally exhausted after that 5k, but <laughs> she kept after her goal and she went after it and she was really bummed, you know, when she didn't get the medal after, you know, didn't place in the top two. And she said to me, she's like, but mom, I set a goal. You know, like, why didn't I get the medal? I set a goal. And I said, you know, you did set a goal, but sometimes we don't always make our goals on the first try. And when, you know, the bigger the goal we set, the more uh, work it's going to take, you know, mentally, the things we tell ourselves and the time we need to put in to work towards it. So I said, you set that goal. We can still work, you know, towards that goal. Like it's sometimes we have to change the timeline. And so she's excited to do it next year and wants, you know, to place in her, you know, top in her age group. But the funny thing is, I later I talked with a parent who had mentioned that, you know, they ran the, the 5K too and asked what time my daughter ran it in and was amazed that a seven-year-old could run the five, run the whole 5K. And when I told him the time, he's like, oh, that's the same, about the same time that I ran it in. And then to find out he was pushing two of his daughters who had bibs on in the race. And so my daughter did play second, but she didn't get... Oh, <laughs> no. And she didn't get like, you know, the, the opportunity to be you know awarded because of the, the kiddos in the stroller. And right. so I, I wrestled with, do I tell her that or not? <laughs> and, and I did. And it was so good. She took it, you know, she was a champ. She took it and really was like, okay, well, why didn't I get the medal? And we focused on sportsmanship and how important it is to continue to be a good sport, even if it doesn't look the, the way that you thought it would. And so she's excited to still get back out there and, and all of this to say, it was a reminder for me that sometimes, you know, we set a goal and we think our goal is going to look a certain way or, you know, the, the praise of others or things like that, but it might not happen that way. And we still need to be proud of the things that we accomplish or that we, that, that we achieved, even if it's not recognized by others, because I think we live so much in a culture that like, let's get you know the praise from everyone else that we yep. forget that it's okay to just show up and be proud of yourself even if no one else knows about it no doubt what a what a great mom teachable opportunity you had and good on you for taking that opportunity to to walk her through that I'm, I'm sure it could have been really frustrating you know for your daughter on on both ends not not hitting the goal originally but then going wait a minute i i did i did hit the goal and i didn't get awarded for it so what a great opportunity to coach her through that. And I love something you said because we talked about soundtracks and creating new ones, but being kind to yourself is so important. And I thought, and I, I talked a little bit about this last week, I thought I was pretty kind to myself until I heard John Acuff and read, started reading his book and, and I started thinking about all the things I tell myself and I'm like, I, I don't, I'm not very kind. I need, I need to quit that. I need I used the example, I think, last week of, of pickleball. I was like, I'm terrible at pickleball. I can't get it. You know, I, I can't play with these people. I, I was like, wait a minute. Why? You're, you're, you're fine. You're, you're getting better. You haven't played in two years. Give yourself a break. So I love that. It's just so simple, but be kind to yourself. What a, what a great way to phrase that. Well, Kelly, this has been awesome. And I'll, I'll, I'll end it with 
kind of the, the closing line of, of your post. And I know, I know you want to give credit to long live. I know you want to give credit to long run living, but the last line is if you keep moving your feet forward, the finish line eventually arrives. And that is so true. I think the worst thing we can do is, is quit is stop, stop moving forward. And there's going to be bumps along the way and, and medals that we don't win. But as long as we keep moving forward, the finish line will eventually arrive. And that's what we're, we're praying for, for Judah, that that finish line will be, will be here before we know it. That's right, Jeff. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, Kelly, any races coming up? What's next on the horizon for you? Yeah, you, you bet, Jeff. So the, my A race for this year is the Wild Duluth 100K. And I think I shared a little bit about that on episode 86. But this race, I had uh, DNF'd back in 2019 in preparation for my 100 miler. And so I have my eyes set on some redemption this year coming back and uh, finishing that one now that I've got the 100 miler under my belt and a whole lot of experience since I had attempted the first time. So I'm excited for that one mid-October. Well, we're excited to follow along again. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll talk soon. You bet, Jeff. Take care. Well, one of the things we love to do is to give shout outs and kudos to the big ass runners out there just making it happen. We have a very special one this week because this one was a nomination. So Claire Copley nominated her husband, Kevin, because Kevin and his buddy, Brayden, have been training for a huge race. The race actually, by the time this drops, the race happened this past weekend on Saturday, August 20th. But she says he has been putting his heart and soul into training, even running through the heart of winter and the snow when it was cold and through the summer as well. And she says he has been fully committed throughout his training and I will be standing there to support him every step of the way. Way to go, Claire, for supporting Kevin and way to go, Kevin and your buddy Braden for putting in the work executing the race we cannot wait to hear how it went way to go kevin Well, back by popular demand this is a segment called jeff i was wondering uh? We've done this a couple of different times. Basically, we have questions submitted by the Big Ass Runner Herd, and I do my best to answer them. We've got 10 this week. I'm going to do my very best to give good answers to these amazing and challenging questions. Well, the first one is from Kimmy. Kimmy says, Jeff, I was wondering, what's your next race? Well, Kimmy... This has been an interesting year. I I talked a little bit about my foot injury and getting COVID again, and it's been knocking me off my training. I usually like to do a couple of different races through the summer and into the fall. And usually my A race is either early in the following year or late, late fall. 
This year it is the Lake Murray 25K that I'm doing with my son Hayden. And so that is the next race I've signed up for. I hope to get one or two in in between, but so far that has not has not happened. So we'll see. We'll see if we're able, we're able to work that in. Would love to hear from the big S runner herd. What is your next big race and how can we support you in that? How can we encourage you in that? Kimmy would love to know when your next race is as well. Well, thank you for that question, Kimmy. Tom says, hey, Jeff, I was wondering, I know you're a Bee Gees fan. What's your favorite Bee Gees song? Oh, you do know me well, Tom. And here's how I'll answer this. Most people don't realize that the Bee Gees, if if you really understand their music, they are not just a disco band. They got branded that way because of Saturday Night Fever, and certainly they have a lot of disco-era songs, Staying Alive and Night Fever and all that, but they've got a ton of great material that happened well before that, and even some after that as well. And my favorite songs actually do fall either before or after their disco era. The first one is a song before the disco era called Run To Me. Check that one out. That is an awesome, awesome song, Run To Me. And then the other two that I like that actually, I think I think one of them was maybe during the disco era. It's called Fanny or Fanny Be Tender. Love that song. And then the third one was after that era for sure. It's called For Whom the Bell Tolls. You're probably out there scratching your head right now. All of the all the big ass run, runner heard going. Never heard of those. Is that really the Bee Gees? Just take take my word for it. Run to me, Fanny. Be tender. For whom the bell tolls, you will not be disappointed. Tom, thank you for that very astute question. Well, John says I know you're a Olivia Newton John fan. How did you take the news of her? passing and what is your favorite Olivia Newton-John song? Well, yes, thank you, John. We are big fans of Olivia Newton-John. We've referred to her on this show mainly through her character, Sandy from Greece, Sandy. But yeah, that was, that was tough news to take a few weeks ago when she battled a long battle with breast cancer and passed away at the age of 73. And even when you go to her Wikipedia page and you see her being referred to in past tense, it's super, super sad. She's actually born in 1948 in Cambridge, England, but moved to Australia, I believe when she was around six years old. And I have a fascination already with Australia, but she was certainly one of my first celebrity crushes and just loved her voice and Favorite songs, I would say these aren't going to be probably surprises to anybody that knows me, but uh, Hopelessly Devoted to You is probably my favorite from Greece, and then Xanadu as well. Those are probably my two favorite. Have You Ever Been Mellow would probably be my third as well. I didn't like the song Physical. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't like that one. But she was, from everything I've read and understood, a, an awesome person, and so that definitely was a bummer when we got that news, but uh, but thank you for that question, John. Really appreciate that. Well, 
Neil asks, hey, Jeff, I was wondering, what's something you're totally into right now? What an interesting question. There are three things, and I'm going to do them in reverse order. There are three things I am really into right now. One is, and I talked about this on an episode or two ago, trying to get back into pickleball. I really enjoyed the foot's been a little bit of a hindrance. Also, I talked about my negative self-talk about pickleball and trying to regain some confidence there, but I'm trying to play more pickleball. It's so much fun. I've played it before, but it's one of those sports you can play until your older ages. Not that I'm old, but you can play as you get older. A lot of older folks play pickleball. So it's one of those games you can play or one of those sports that you can do for quite a long time. So I'm trying to get back into that. Number two is I am a huge, 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 huge college football fan. And summer camps are going on right now, football camps. And the first game, when this episode drops, will be two weeks away. So I cannot wait. My favorite team is, is of course, my college, Texas A&M, where all of my kids have gone i've got two kids there now so we'll be down there for a lot of games i love college football not an nfl fan at all i love college football definitely into that and the third thing and right now the most important thing i'm into would be no surprise my new granddaughter tatum she is amazing she is now three and a half months old she is a, just, oh my goodness, I'm talking about wrapped around a finger. It's it's going to be a problem. I can tell you that right now. It's going to be a problem. But those are the three things I am most into right now. Thank you so much for that question, Neil. Well, Tammy asked, Jeff, what is your splurge when you're having a bad day? Some fast food places, they have that ketchup pump. It's like a keg. They give you the paper shot glass. How many shots of ketchup do you get? I usually get like three, but if I've had a bad day, I'll get five. This is an interesting question. Because normally I would say I'd try to go for a a run or hit the Peloton, do a little exercise. But if I'm going to go a different route from that, it's going to have to be ice cream. I don't think there's any doubt. Going to have to hit the ice cream when, you know, it's, I try not to head to food when I'm had a rough time or a bad day, but if I'm going to, that's what's going to be. Little ice cream, probably going to be, it's definitely going to be some ice cream. And the flavor, who knows? T- cookie two step, chocolate chip cookie dough, pralines and cream, it doesn't matter. It's not too much chocolate. You know, t- chocolate's a bully, it takes over, just needs to be, you know, a hint of chocolate. Well, thank you for that, Tammy. Well, Milo asked, Jeff, I was wondering, what is your birth order? What an interesting question, Milo. I'm actually the oldest of five. I have five, I don't have five siblings. I have four siblings. I'm the oldest of five siblings. It's me and then my sister, Jennifer, my sister, Jill. And then I have twin brothers, Jared and James, who are 11 years younger than me. So I am the oldest of five and love family, love having lots of people around. And that's kind of carried over into my family. I've got, as you guys know, probably four kids. 
and now have a daughter-in-law and a son-in-law and a grandbaby. We just love, love kids, love having people around the house. So I'm going to refer to a question here in a second, but empty nesting is going to be different for us. It's going to be different. So thank you for that question, Milo. Well, Rich asked, hey, Jeff, I was wondering, what's the latest on your foot situation? Yes, I shared a few episodes ago. I'm going to need to have a bunionoscomonopia or something like that. It's a bunion surgery, and that's going to happen on December 7th. I am hoping that I can continue to run and hit some races and stay in shape to some degree before that. My goal is to get this October 29th race done, have the surgery so I can get ready for the Whitefish Legacy Trail race in October of 2023. But yes, that's the latest. It's feeling okay right now. And I'm hoping it feels that way as I ramp up the miles for the fall and then we'll have the surgery in December. So thank you for asking, Rich. I really, really appreciate that. Well, AJ asked, Jeff, I was wondering, what are you going to do now that you're an empty nester? I refer, As I was kind of hinting towards, we are now entering a new phase of life. We are empty nesting and we are going to travel a bit this, this fall. We have a trip to Vegas. We have a trip to Breckenridge, Colorado. We've got the trip to Lake Murray for the race. We're going to do, I think we're going to do RV that one. We've never done that before. And we've got some trips to some football games. And so, yeah, I don't know how it's going to go, to be honest with you, AJ. It's going to be a different, it's definitely going to be different, not having a lot, lots of kids and activity as much going on around the house. So we shall see. We'll see how that goes. But thank you for asking. We're definitely going to do some traveling. Well, Bobby with an I asks, Jeff, I was wondering, I'm new to trail running. What's the first piece of gear I should invest in? It's a great question, Bobby. You know, you sometimes can get caught up in all of the the poles and the weighted vests and the lights and all, you know, all the stuff. But sometimes that's confusing. Like, where do, where do I start? I would say, I'm assuming you, you've you probably started with shoes, finding shoes that fit you well, that you like. I'm a Hoka fan. Others are ultra fans. There's limitless, not, not quite limitless, but lots of options for trail shoes. So I'm hoping that you've tried a few and you've landed on the ones that you like from a trail shoe perspective. And also with apparel, you know, we are big Path Projects fans. There's lots of great running apparel out there. So I'm assuming you got the shoes and the apparel. You're talking about gear. I think two things come to mind. One would be a GPS watch of some kind. We are fans of Garmin, but there are a couple other options out there that are really good as well. I think having the data is important, be able to track your runs well. And these things are so sophisticated now. There's so much information that you can get. I can probably launch a rocket with my Garmin, but I, you know, basically use mine to track my runs, my sleep, recovery, things like that. Heart rate, steps, all that. So I would say either a Garmin, if you don't already have, or another GPS watch would be one or figure out 
hydration. Do you like to do handheld or do you prefer more the hydration vest or maybe like me, you like the belt. So I would, I think that would be something I want to figure out because that's something that you're going to need for pretty much any, you know, any run, any longer training run in any race that will be important. And, and when you're training, you'll, you can carry things, nutrition, keys, pepper spray, whatever you need to carry if you're out running by yourself. So I would say either a GPS watch of some variety or your figure out your hydration situation. I like the naked belt. Everyone makes fun of how I say it, but the naked belt is to me my preference, but there are a lot of great options out there as well. Hope that helps, Bobby. Excellent, excellent question. Well, the last question is from Connor. And Connor says, Jeff, I was wondering, you mentioned some inspirational ultra videos a few weeks ago. What is the one you recommended? And I I can't remember if I linked it or not. But first of all, I would say anything by the Ginger Runner and anything by Billy Yang is really, really good. But the one I would watch, if you haven't already, is called Where Dreams Go to Die. This is by the Ginger Runner. And it is about Gary Robbins' attempt at the Barkley Marathons. It is my favorite. It's, it is heartbreaking. It's inspiring. It's all the things. But that's probably where I would start. But like I said, anything by Ginger Runner is really good. And by the way, Ginger Runner has some great videos that review shoes and gear and his favorite gear. A lot of great information on the Ginger Runner's YouTube page. And then, of course, Billy Yang does amazing videos as well on his YouTube page. Those would be the places that I would start. Great question, Connor. Hope that was helpful. Hope all that was helpful for you guys. I appreciate the questions. I appreciate that you're interested in uh, learning a little bit more. So there you go. That is the latest installment of Jeff, I Was Wondering. Someone has hurt you and torn you apart. Am I unwise to open up your eyes? Well, believe it or not, that is the end of episode number 108 of The Big Ass Runner. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to everyone who was involved, for Carolyn, for that amazing intro, to Kelly Black, who is always inspiring and wise and transparent, authentic, all the great words. Thank you so much, Kelly. To Claire for nominating her husband, Kevin, on his amazing race and shout out and kudo and if you would like to nominate someone for shout out and kudos i would love to hear from you reach out to me dm me on instagram or jeff at big we would love to give a shout out and kudo to someone important to you and of course thank you to myoderm for your partnership and if you need cbd products that is the place to go myoderm.com well, as always, big thanks to our audio engineer who makes this sound so good, Steve Soliloquy Saunders. Well, with that, get out there, hit those trails, and keep running your asses off. And when you got nothing to lose, nothing to pay for. Open
we have a amazing sh- Again, thanks so much for sharing with us today. And uh, we'll, I'm definitely stuck. I'm, I'm, I'm losing it, Kelly. I'm losing it. I'm absolutely, I'm so used to doing this at night. I'm like, I don't know what to do with myself. So thankful for your time and for, um, I'm trying to figure out how to end this. <laughs> I put this whole show together. I'm Barry Gibb. I will put you in the ground. I'll put you in the ground. I'll put you in the ground. Yeah. Well, that's all the time we have. We have been from the Barrett Talk Show. Talking about chess, talking about crazy cool.